Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback and please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy what you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms. And without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this brand new episode of Christine Means Business. And today I am with a wonderful, wonderful woman who I cannot wait to introduce you to. And she is Emma O'Brien from the UK and we met quite recently, I have to say. We never really crossed our spheres before, but we were in a mastermind together for that was organized by Gemma Went. And the more I got to know about Emma, the more, you know, I really don't believe in coincidences or in algorithms. The more she popped into my Facebook feed and I saw things she said, and I was like, oh my God, I need to have her on here because she has a really important message and a lot of knowledge that I think a lot of you will benefit from. So Officially, Emma O'Brien is a mindset coach and rapid transformational therapist who specializes in helping small business owners break free from imposter experience and self-doubt and incorporates a unique blend of subconscious belief work, mindset, strengths coaching, and positive psychology with her freedom framework to help her clients achieve transformational results. Now, I'm a huge fan of all of these components. But as I told Emma, and we had just a tad of a chat before we jumped on here, as someone who, who had been living in the UK for five years, who has been you know, an English teacher for 10 years before studying English language and literature, I can promise you that Shakespeare doesn't mention imposter syndrome or you know mindset in any of his works. And that I didn't even come across these expressions in my regular academic work until I actually started the journey of entrepreneurship. And it's not the first thing you, you notice. You know, the first thing you usually stumble upon is marketing, branding, even I would even argue people know you know what a webinar is and a funnel is before they actually understand how important the work of mindset and especially imposter syndrome is. So Emma, the first question I would like to ask you is, I, I'm pretty certain, and this is just me being very assumptive, but that it's not necessarily the first thing that you started out with, but that you realize this is going to be your core. And I just want to ask you how, how did you, or when, how did this magic happen that you decided, okay, this is so important and I want to make this the core of my business. Wow. With all good niches, it comes from painful personal experience. Um, so it really, yeah, nobody kind of um, is going to say when they grow up, they want to be a rapid transformational therapist, mindset and strengths coach dealing with imposter syndrome. So 
it really began um, when um, I, I experienced quite debilitating depression and it was in really unraveling the mess of that and working through that that I became more aware of the sort of mindset and self-development work that really we all should understand and know about in order to live healthy lives where we thrive not just survive and so that was my um you know although it was a bit of a painful messy uh time um and you know a lot of disillusionment about the um solutions that were available for people with depression you know medication cognitive behavioral therapy and so on and so forth so so out of out of the journey of finding solutions came this uh, obsession really about how do we how do we be more resilient how can we thrive how can we you know what can we learn about the mind that helps people and um another turn that happened around that was i was in a, a role that really didn't suit me i felt desperately uncomfortable realized that i was you know um a square peg in a round hole mm -hmm. and needed to change tack and changing tack meant learning about my strengths mm -hmm. it meant um taking on roles that suited me better my personality and through that journey i started to work on transformational change and coaching qualified as a coach it's only when i qualified as a coach and learn some of the traits that are so common presenting problems for people that I learned the label imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that is huge. It is a label. And I have to say, I don't even remember when I really understood what it meant. I think it was during a podcast interview, most likely me being interviewed or me interviewing someone that I understood that there is a word for a state that so many of us feel every single day, which is even particularly, I would say it, no, I think it's important for everyone to be aware of it, but it might be particularly important for people who rely on their persona to function really well in order to make a living, AKA running a business. Yeah, absolutely. What I realized when I was reading about it was that it was the name for what I'd experienced as just this nagging discomfort that was following me round from role to role, no matter what I was doing, even though, as I described, I knew the role that I, you know, the, the sort of corporate role I'd had that I'd strive to get to that level was not the right job for me. And then I started to make better decisions and that were more aligned with me and my strengths. It, still didn't go away that discomfort that feeling like oh i'm what do they see in me how what what is it that they're seeing that you know i don't feel like i match up to their expectations every opportunity i was given was great but can i do it what what is it that they see that i don't you know i just don't know whether i can do it or not and this feeling like i'm going to be found out any moment but the behaviors that went along with it fascinate me now. <laughs> but Jess, give us an example. When you have that nagging feeling yeah. of imposter syndrome, basically in a nutshell, telling yourself that you're not good enough or not even telling it to yourself, but 
believing it, fundamentally yeah. believing that you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. What are some types of behavior that stem from that? It plays out differently for different people, but I had some classic ones that, that some of the uh, listeners may recognize. So some of the things that I would do would be to have a, a, an ever-changing profile. So I would, I, I, I was very good at getting myself into um, programs, uh, big organizational programs, and then uh, moving on to the next one and, and, and sort of, you know, and, and my way of doing that would be to highlight the expertise of other people and bring other people up um, and enhance their reputation. Uh, and then I could move on almost before anybody caught up with me that wasn't the thought process at the time but that is what I understand it to be now I know so much more about it the other thing that I did would was would be to um kind of makes me cringe now but I share it I share it because you know it it just helps so many people so I used to um play myself down in reviews (laughs) how do you do that so in, in performance reviews, um, you, you'd have these ratings, you'd rate yourself and, and I would be like, oh, I think that requires focus, you know, or that's a development. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people understand what you mean. Yeah. I would point out the things that went wrong. You know, I found it, found it very uncomfortable accepting praise. Like I didn't know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> it's like Teflon. It's like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> uncomfortable um so yeah and these are all very classic uh traits and um can can be quite painful mm-hmm. <laughs> but like i say they the, the the traits sort of manifest in different ways for different people so for somebody else it may it may appear as really overworking over preparing being a perfectionist yeah it could be avoiding procrastinating or sometimes, you know, just not finishing things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a variety of ways this, ultimately this, this, this feeling that people don't see you as you really are, you know, that, that core part of it that underpins it all, it, it sort of manifests in all sorts of different ways. So whilst the label I think is helpful, for people to go, oh yes, I see what's going on, and also having you know some understanding of what they might be able to do about it. I also think it can be because it's got a breadth to it yeah. that it sort of suggests that everybody's experience may be the same, and I don't believe that's true. No, no, no. I do think that it is in some shape or form that people experience it, but yes, that it is different for sure. I mean, we all have different stories in our heads. And I think we just, we talked about this actually, and I want to tell this story real quick because you know about it. I posted it in our group that I uh, finally decided to be a little bit more open on my private Facebook profile, which for me was like a huge thing because I still consider that as a little bit different, like the former life the former Christine kind of safe space. And then I had my Instagram and my business pages where I would go full on in, where I felt more home because it was my new identity in a way, you know, it's not that I completely different, but you know, things change and we're a completely different person. And there was a random person that I really never am in touch with, 
Um, and I was, you know, saying exactly what I do, why I'm a little bit different, working very holistically with my clients, strategy, mindset and everything. And she just said, you know, you're not the only one and pride comes before the fall. And it was really interesting because I do believe that whereas now I realize that those are triggers, you know, I do believe that things like that is growing up with sayings like these make us resistant to praise, you know, make us not toot our own horn because, you know, how dare you, you know, how dare you actually praise yourself? That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be humble. All of these things are still very much ingrained in us. And it's just, you know, it manifests, as you said, in, in a lot of different ways. It could really mean also it could stem from, and I already see it now with my little one who's just starting to read and to write and not, if it's not the perfect numbers, if it's perfectly shaped or, you know, coloring within the lines, you know, her, her, um, how should I say, her motricity, like, like being her ergonomic kind of micromotricity is not the most elegant, but it's matter who the hell cares. But for them, you know, it shapes them. So it's really, and it shaped us. And mm. it, and I find it really interesting that it plays into all our different realms, as well as personal, as in professional. And that's why I would like to do the link a little bit because you're now focusing on small business owners. And I would love to know why. You could have just said, I'm going to stay in HR corporate worlds and I'm going to help managers or like workers there, but you decided to focus on small businesses. And I would love to know why. And I would also, because people listening here, obviously most of them run a small business, why should they care? Like, why should they be interested in this? And maybe even what are two or three things that they could do? Yeah. Okay. So, so why small business owners? Well, my own experience of imposter syndrome and overcoming that was a kind of personal journey. Um, and one, I think, you know, my obsession with learning how the mind works and, and really wanting to get myself into um, a vocation that really meant something to me. So that's why I trained in rapid transformation therapy. And I was working with, I really always have had a passion about helping people with their self-belief, their confidence, performing better. Um, I worked with many people about um, to overcome um, anxiety and depression. And obviously, leaving my corporate job behind, I was then in the entrepreneurial world as a, as a, as a new business owner myself. And it was at an event where the penny really dropped for me. It, it was a three-day um, event, an amazing event with 100 women in the room. And the coach that was delivering the event, she asked everybody, what are your strengths? Mm. And, and I knew so clearly what mine were because I've been working with my own strengths. I've been tuning into them, leaning into them, experimenting with them for some time. And the philosophy, the whole strengths philosophy was something that was very well established for me. And I looked around the room and I, and I realized that Business the discomfort, really the cloud of like cringing inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like scrabbling, you know, and 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 speaking about it in quite generic terms. And um, so so that really ignited a passion in me to help business owners with their strengths. 
And then the more I sort of um, surrounded myself with, with it within this uh, sort of business owner community, of course, I could see the patterns playing out with the, you know, what was the most common mindset issue, mm. self-doubt, feeling like a fake, feeling like you don't belong here, that what you've got to say isn't interesting enough, that, um, you know, you're not qualified, experienced enough yet, and all of that stuff. And <laughs> I realized I had all of the tools to help other people with the subconscious transformation using rapid transformation therapy, with the strengths, awareness, and coaching and discovery and playing with that, um, that I was so passionate about. And also, you know, generally just the experience I've picked up, the coaching that I've done around helping people to really tune into what's going on for them and overcome and create new habits, better habits for themselves. I literally just thought I've got the framework, which is my freedom framework, to help them um, really overcome this. And it matters. Yeah. It really matters because our economy needs small business owners. It needs entrepreneurs and the people I've never been surrounded by so many people with big missions, important missions and work and talent, the talent that is amongst the community. And that's what really, I mean, you can tell, really fires me up. I'm like, whoa, you're so talented. Don't hold yourself back. Let me help you. And so that is really where it all came from. And so the, 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 the experience, the knowledge, the passion for helping people in this way kind of just got born from that. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I got to where I am now. I love it. I mean, I have an... Uh... I don't even know how to call her exactly. She is kind of a transformational coach, but she's really also an energy coach, but I have her on a retainer. We have a session every month tapping into, you know, with kinesiology, looking a little bit at what is coming up. And I have to say, ever since I started working with her, which is like, was like nearly two years ago, it's crazy how much has changed. So the word transformation, it is like, I can really feel it. It's, it's if you were to look at, if you could do an X-ray of, who the person is in terms of being of essence and you did it five years ago and you'd compare it to me now there that'd be just an inkling left of the same essence like the, the basic core is still the same i guess but now it's just much bigger it's more clear it's lots of bullshit that has just gone so i i do love that it's the, that it has the word transformation because that's what happens and it is really really important as a business owner because as you know we, unless you're selling products, but even if you're selling products, you know, you still have to have your values, your core and you, your passion, and it has to be shown. It has to be defended even sometimes. And you just need to stand up and have your voice heard. And that is really difficult if you have those inner voices in your head. So, and, and it's something that I'm always telling people when they get into business, I know that you want to invest into the sales coach. I know that you want to invest into the webinar software. I know that you want to invest into this, the CRM with all the bells and whistles, but part of your budget has to be 
you like personal development you and it's you don't even know what you don't know but i can promise you that your business cannot grow unless you grow first it, it mm-hmm. and i've always seen this happen and as a parallel kind of thing you know and it's just because you do hold yourself back it might be that you do have all the bells and whistle software and all kind of tech but if you are not ready to launch the thing and to show up for it, it can't do the work on its own, right? So it's, it's really important for everyone who's listening and who might not be on that journey yet to really, really consider very seriously finding someone or a network or a group that can help you with that because it, it, it is the key piece in the end to really make you thrive and grow. Now, yeah. I, would, I would say... Yeah, for sure. Well, um, it it comes back to how our mind works. So if something doesn't fit with the beliefs that you have about yourself and about how the world works, then your mind will do things to stop you (laughs) from going there. Um, Or if you feel any kind of discomfort or attach any kind of pain to where you're going to, even if you consciously want to get there, if getting there means or could mean something else, you know, has to go. Um, common one would, might be, you know, if I'm successful, I can't have love. Some, yes. For some people, that is a belief that, that, that they're not even aware they're carrying it around. How they experience it is that, oh, when they get success, they end up finishing with a partner or, you know, getting into these, these loops of patterns of behavior or outcomes that they're not comfortable with. And it's the symptoms. So it's becoming aware of the symptoms that are playing out. Where am I avoiding? Where am I procrastinating? Am I overworking, over-preparing, being a perfectionist, putting too much time and energy onto something that doesn't really deserve that kind of energy? So it's, it's being symptom aware First of all, I think, um, you know, where, where's discomfort? Where's resistance showing up for me? And that's the sort of mindset work at, the, at a surface level. It's then the, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, and I totally agree with you. Sometimes, and I think those are things that happen to me now regularly, is that I know my triggers. It doesn't mean that I'm not being triggered. I'm still have my triggers where they're very much alive but the difference is that now i'm aware of them and i can make my peace with them i can let them go or i can just acknowledge them and not let my next reaction be dominated by them whereas before because you weren't even aware that it was a trigger you would just react to that feeling instead of having the power really to take a step back and just acknowledging from what for what it is and then giving it a deep breath, you know, and sending it off into a place of peace or whatever you want to do, whatever your strategy is, right? So, and that is not something that's natural at all. It takes a lot of work, I find. And it sounds so obvious, but I really want people to understand that it's really, it's really not normal or natural. It takes work. And so anyone who's aware of the triggers, I would really say, well done it's a huge thing you know so really be proud of that and it's something worth working on absolutely and i i i 
I think it is probably one of the most empowering things to be able to do for yourself, to lift, to be able to lift yourself above, to disentangle yourself from the thoughts and feelings that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. To almost imagine that you can elevate yourself above your, above your mind and look down on the proliferation of thoughts that are going around and the feelings that they that are associated with those to sort of see well, what what's going on here what are those thoughts and where have they come from and are they thoughts that are helping me or um helping me go where i want to go or are they working against me yeah. and you know that's where we become the, the thinker of our thoughts as opposed to being our thoughts and i think oh. that's the distinction that's a lovely sentence the think of our thoughts instead of the being of being. our thoughts that that is a t-shirt sentence to be honest like i do like that a lot i do really like it a lot because here's the thing you know something that i then not struggled with but that can come up you know right now i personally you obviously see what you want to see and you're aware of what you crave at that moment but i see that there's a movement happening you know with more people and this seems so washed out but speaking their truth etc etc but now you're starting to see a movement i feel that sometimes comes throwing things back into your face saying well speaking your truth doesn't mean just being rude you know and just saying well i believe this hence it's true that's not exactly the same thing and i know that some people are held back you know by sometimes standing their ground because they think it's rude or it is selfish, you know, and there is a huge difference because saying no, setting boundaries doesn't mean that you're an evil person because you're not hurting anyone on purpose. And I think that's the biggest thing that people still need to remember that it's, that it, there's a big difference between setting boundaries between, you know, changing and taking better care of yourself and your you know wishes and what your core beliefs are versus being heinous or being even hurtful towards other it's not the same thing so i think it's that's just worth pointing out because it might be something that blocks people from actually going there yeah i think you're right i think and i think that we have to do this process of shoring ourselves up from the inside is how I think about it. We're not going to get, we're not going to get validation or um, acceptance even, or some, the discomfort's not going to go away from anything external to mm -hmm. us. So it all, it, it all has to come from within. Agreed. And when you go within, it's about looking at your own thoughts. It's about understanding your own feelings and, and then understanding who you are. What are your strengths? What makes you unique? Whereas I think, and, and it's a, that's flipping things over from where people are very often in, as business owners, in the online world especially, where there's a lot of external pull so, and conflicting messages. I agree. So to get to get on and be successful, you have to work hard. Oh, business should could can and should be easy. You know, um, you you know, there's a lot of people there faking it, and uh, so lots of people write posts about people faking it and not not you know 
not living what they're talking about and there's a lot of like throwing stones of like people aren't acting with integrity and this that, and the other and you get people who are who are very um keen to do the right thing mm-hmm. very uh with this strong desire who are very self-critical who mm-hmm. don't you know no matter how qualified they are or how talented they are just can't see it receiving these messages and it compounds you know that feeling of not being good enough oh that's me they're talking about who isn't walking the talk yes Uh, that's oh that's me you know I can't be good enough if I have to still be the one that's working all the hours to make my business work and it's easy um or you know perhaps they are the people that find it easy and they're thinking well you know perhaps perhaps then when they find something a struggle they think oh I must be an imposter then because now I'm finding something a struggle I I don't deserve to be here so all of these sort of different scenarios play out and then you've got the community and cultural aspects around all of this so you know there's a there's a room with a hundred a zoom room with a hundred business owners and everyone feels like an imposter (laughs) (laughs) but no one admits it to each other (laughs) so true because they have to be strong and be fierce and everything and there are you know people just showing the highlight reel you know one's showing the highlight reel and the kind of the client results uh, the other one's procrastinating another one's not finishing you know uh, somebody else is being a perfectionist and you've got all of these different behaviors and everybody actually if you've got and this is what I do do quite often if I'm doing guest slots in groups one of the first thing I'll do is just say who feels this way <laughs> literally yeah. everyone's hands go up and it's a great leveler because yeah. this is the work to normalize it okay but that's part of the work to normalize it the next part of the work is to change it <laughs> yeah so we have just a little bit of time left and I, there's one more topic that I just quickly want to talk about because it's, it's where I see it come up all of the time. Like in the beginning, people are fine. They are okay with finding their niche. We do their brand work. And then the second pillar that I work on is finance and who that's where it comes in. So the approach that I usually take is that we first crunch numbers, cold, ice cold, like, and that's, traumatizing enough because people actually have to go back and look at the receipts and look at bank statements and even look at their bank account, which can sometimes be, you know, kind of traumatizing enough, but it's, it's just very factual, you know, not judging themselves around it, but that's, it's, it's one way of, you know, taking out the judgment and just crunching the numbers and saying, okay, we're going to base our package pricing, first of all, based on the needs, you know, of the very, like nothing to do with, vanity or anything much just looking at what do you actually need in order to survive because this is your job and then we have the huge mindset problem coming in very often it is helped a little bit by actually seeing the ice cold numbers and realizing that it's a job you know there's this is just okay i need to eat i need to have bills to pay this is actually what i need a year or per month but then we have the discussions about but am I good enough already? But, you know, all of these things. And it's incredible, I find, like how our mind is so powerful when it comes to, and you already touched on it, on love, on relationships. And the second one that comes up to me for business owners a lot is, well, 
that's the second one that I see very often is money. And the third one would be to be visible. So I just want to touch very quickly upon the money piece. And what are some things that you can see through your experience? Because I'm sure you've seen it over and over. And what is maybe one tip that you can leave us with to help us along with this little saboteur, so to say? In particular around money. I mean, our relation, I think it's, I think it's the understanding that our relationship with money is, is emotional. <laughs> It is like now I can say I love money. I always say I want to have money babies. I'm so much in love with it. And that's fine. But I can tell you it didn't used to be that way. Like for sure. Um, But the beliefs that you have around money won't be yours and you will have them from growing up. So many, many people, probably the most common issue I've dealt with is where people can only ever get, you know, have enough, never more than enough. Yes. Um, because of that sort of, you know, having post-war parents and sort of um, often the way money was managed and and being frivolous was not sort of um, was frowned upon, etc. So, so I think it is about taking the time. It's, it's about understanding that that is the case and, and, and you can change your, you can change your beliefs by making something else more familiar. So I think that's my one piece of advice. So this applies to across the board with anything. If something is unfamiliar to you, your mind doesn't like it. So So if having lots of money is unfamiliar to you, that's why lottery winners, so many lottery winners, once they've had the money, you know, it's just gone within a few years, you know, they've, they've, they've really lost it because it was not familiar to them to have that money. It's not within their makeup. So if you want a different situation, you have to make that more familiar to yourself. So, um, and how you can do that is show it to your mind because your mind can't tell what's the difference between what's real and imagined. So the more you can imagine yourself and see yourself walking through the life where you have the money that you want. And when you give your mind clear and detailed, specific instructions, it can't help but move you towards it. That's how it works. That's its job. (laughs) So, you know, when we're intentional with this, and this isn't about manifesting, this is using how your mind works to, to create an outcome. So, you know, it might be that you catch yourself scrimping, even in really subtle ways, like maybe you're, you're, you're um, serving up portions and you take the worst one <laughs> or you're, you know, you scrimp on time or you scrimp on, you know, you're in the supermarket. Do I get this one? Do I get the cheap, the really cheap one? And it's like, yes. So, so if you were to start to become more aware about where your, where your habits are not in line with the vision that you have for yourself, and particularly from a financial perspective. And that gives you clues of things you can start to change and act as if, but also showing yourself. So if having the money that you desire involves putting your prices up, it's always when people put their prices up, they start to go, uh, yeah, nobody uh, will buy. I'm so greedy. Yeah. And you grow in, you grow into prices and, and, and out of them. And, and sometimes when you, particularly if you take a big chunk, it, it feels so unfamiliar that you end up sabotaging your efforts. So, you know, making your pricing feel very familiar to you before you hike it up is a great way of making it familiar and less scary to your mind. 
So that's just a few tips. And you can do that through visualization, by writing that for those figures down a lot, by seeing yourself having a conversation with a client and just naturally, easily, effortlessly mm. saying that price at the end of the conversation. Yeah. See, these are all the suggestions. This is what I put into people's transformation scripts. For yes, them. no, absolutely. And that's what I want to touch on next because we're yeah. pretty much out of time. But it's if I, I know that some people have been listening and they're like, oh my God, I need this. I absolutely need this guidance. I know I have an inkling that there's a lot going on with me and I, I'm standing in my own way. How, and I totally vouch for you because I mean, we've experienced working with you in the group and I'm just, you know, from what you're saying and everything. So how do people reach out to you best to maybe inquire how they could work with you or just figure out what you have on offer? Sure. Well, there's my website, which is www.mobrien.co.uk, which is E-M-O-B-R-I-E-N.co.uk. And I don't know whether you were able to put links with this. Um, yes, there will be on the show notes. You will have all yeah. the links. So on the show notes are all the details there to get in touch with me um, and you can find out what I what I do I do group programs one-to-one and I also have a mindset membership so all sorts of levels of support for people depending on where they're at brilliant I love it so much I'm really happy that we managed to touch on so many different points I just think it's a topic that we need to address regularly because even, you know, if you work on it regularly, you tend to slip back into patterns. It's just a never ending kind of work, which is not something negative. It just means that you care and that you want to keep developing, you know? So having said that, I really want to thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom with everyone who's listening. And it's been a joy again, to be reminded of all those things as well. It just makes me smile, you know, it just makes me like, ah, yeah, that's something familiar, you know? <laughs> so it's been absolutely wonderful, Emma. I'm so happy that I could have you here today. And um, hopefully we'll talk again, who knows, soon, hopefully. Yeah, it's been great to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to all you guys, you will hear the next interview in two weeks. So stay tuned. And for anything else, you can head over to my blog on christinemeansbusiness.com where you can watch, listen, or read what we've been talking about throughout the different weeks. Bye-bye for now. All right. And here is what I usually forget at the end of every episode. So first off, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in. We really, really, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget that I've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online. It's called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online. You can find it on Amazon, but also in other online bookstores and on my website. Also, please make sure that if you want to stalk me, you follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube or Twitter or Pinterest or TikTok. And if there was anything in this episode that you learned, that you found entertaining, that made you giggle, then I would be over the moon if you'd left us a five-star rating. These ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it. Thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode.